Praise the Lord, everyone. <laughs> Lord, everyone. Glad to be in the house of God once again. Glad for what God is doing. And uh, I'm excited about what God is going to do. A couple weeks ago, the new year started, and uh, like many, I'm sure you had some New Year's resolutions and things that you wanted to accomplish this year that maybe you didn't have last year that you didn't do, or maybe you didn't set any goals at all. However, just know that with the new year or a new day, a new month, whichever it is, it's all the same to God, but it is another opportunity for us to do more um, and to accomplish the will of God in our lives. That is my aim. That is my goal this year is to do more for the Lord. There's something in my heart that is just not satisfied with just meeting the mark but doing what I can to excel. And so I'm looking forward to what God is going to do, and doors that he's going to open, opportunities to witness and to carry out the Great Commission. Amen? And hopefully you are too. Because whether you realize it or not, God wants to use you. Amen? Do y'all believe that? You got to believe it in order to be able to fulfill it. If you don't believe it, you ain't going to accomplish nothing. So we got to believe that. We got to know that God has us here for a purpose. And I know it sounds cliche-ish. It's just one of those things that, oh, everybody says it. No, there's real meaning behind it. But in order for you to catch a hold of that is for you to connect with him for yourself. And when God begins to reveal to you things in your life, you know, where he's trying to bring you, things he wants you to accomplish, then you'll begin to see, wow, you know what? There is something that I'm supposed to be doing here than just taking up space. So <clears throat> I'm glad for what God is doing, what he's going to do. Today we're talking about conquering addiction. And this is a very, oh, man, amongst all the others that we talked about. This lesson is, uh, I can tell you this, I'm not going to cover all the grounds uh, when it comes to this topic. There's no way that I can cover everything uh, in detail pertaining to addictions, okay? There's so much to talk about with this, but I'm going to do my best to capture the key points that I'm trying to bring out that I feel led to talk about today, and hopefully you can take away, uh, walk away with something more than what you had, and just feel inspired and encouraged, um, if not for yourself, to encourage others that you may know that are dealing with uh, addictions, okay? So, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12, and I'm going to read the King James Version, and then I'm just, I'm going to read the Amplified Version. Paul says, is everybody there? Okay.
So Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12, All things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. Excuse me. The Amplified Version says, Everything is permissible. It's allowable and lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. Good for me to do, expedient and profitable when considered with other things. Everything is lawful for me, but I will not become the slave of anything or be brought under its power. Brothers and sisters, the bottom line to this is that when you talk about addiction, that's what you're dealing with. You're under the influence. You have become enslaved by whatever it is that now has control over you. Remember what I said a couple weeks ago, and I really, really believe this. First and foremost, we give too much credit to the enemy. He does not have the ability to mess our lives up unless we give him that leverage to do so. He cannot come in and make you make a decision. If that were the case, God could not hold us responsible for our behavior. He would not be just in doing so. But God holds us accountable because there's one ability that he's given us that he himself has not even overridden. And that's the ability to make a decision, to make a choice. Think about it. That's why we have the world in the situation that it's in, because he's given us an ability to make our own decisions and choices. Now, to me, that's amazing. That the God that has all power in his hands, who can choose to do any and everything, how he chooses to do so, it all belongs to him, right? But yet and still, he gives us the opportunity to make our own decisions and choices. And that is a powerful thing. So he's giving you power to to decide, to make a choice. But as I always say, with that power comes responsibility. And we have proven ourselves irresponsible in making the right choices and decisions. Well, when you're irresponsible in making the choices and decisions in your life, you are, in essence, giving up that ability and you're giving yourself over to whatever it is that you're submitting to so when we talk about addictions addictions start okay now i'm not talking about you know accidents and you've got certain cases that uh you know certain special cases with you know if you got children who are born uh from those who were using drugs whatever the case may be and this stuff has been already induced into their system they didn't have any control over that. But if you look at it, it still started with a choice. It just wasn't their choice. Okay? But when you, I'm going to read this de- definition here, those of you who have a handout. Merriam-Webster says addiction is defined as a strong and harmful need to regularly have something such as a drug or do something. Keyword there, Harmful. Next part says compulsive need for and use of a habit, a habit forming substance, excuse me, as heroin, nicotine or alcohol characterized by tolerance and by well-defined 
physiological symptoms upon withdrawal. If you've ever seen a person who has been strung out on drugs and then you take them out of their element and they have to, you know, in efforts to try to get them to recover, to be rehabilitated, they go through some serious withdrawals physically, okay? Um, It nearly drives them crazy because they can't connect with what they've been attached to for so long. They've been dependent upon that. It's a persistent compulsive use of a substance known by the user to be harmful. Y'all see that, right? So, in the cases we talk about people using drugs, it starts with a decision. Whatever the reason is, it starts with a choice. So whether it's peer pressure, whether it's stress, whatever the reason is, you make a decision to do so. Right? Everybody with me? But obviously when we talk about addictions, addictions don't just pertain to substances. Drugs, alcohol, we know those are blatant. Right? Then we know stuff about, you know, pornography. Things like that, right? Some people are addicted to money. Yeah, you know, there are some people who just, you know, they want to have money. They won't spend the money, but I, I just need to have money. I just need to, you know. Some people are just addicted to stuff. They call them hoarders. It's a type of addiction. Food. Oh, well, while we're on that subject, let me ask you something. I thought about this. Now, y'all might tune tune me out after this, but I've heard a lot of people. Now, this is not me, but for once. But I've heard a lot of people make the comment, I can't function without my caffeine in the morning, my coffee, my joke, whatever term you call it. Anybody ever made that comment? Don't raise your hand. I don't, I don't want you. <laughs> but if you think about it, it's a type of addiction. If I can't function, because that's by definition, that's what we're talking about, right? If I can't function without having this, then in essence, I'm probably addicted to it. Now, we know that too much caffeine is not good for you, right? I mean, you know, we it's okay. We can talk easily about nicotine and alcohol and all those other things. But, you know, caffeine is not all that great for you either. All right, I'm going to leave caffeine alone. Y'all looking at me like I'm crazy. But I just wanted to, I wanted to help y'all out. Because as children of God, there should be nothing in on this earth outside of God that we're so dependent upon that we can't function without it. Really. David says in Psalm 23, he says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I don't want for anything because 
He's everything I need. Even down to the things that we don't think he's really concerned about. If we need energy to get through the day, guess what? God will do it. Sometimes we put God in this box like he just can't do but so much. He said his ways are higher than our ways. In other words, he was making a point. There's nothing too hard for me to do. I'm not, it's not impossible for me to do. Not that I don't see the, your little details. I know what you need. I'm just letting you know that there's nothing that you can throw at me that I can't do. I love the fact that I know a God that just can do anything. And that he knows me. He knows my needs. And he's concerned about me. It's not all about me, but he's concerned about me. Guess what? Each and every individual here, he's concerned about you too. Again, I know it's, it's not a cliche. I promise you it's not a cliche. Look in the word of God and everything in there will give you the indication that he cares about you. The promises that were put in there, all those people in the Old Testament, they didn't get to experience what we're experiencing today. All those promises in there. Guess what? We have something great to look forward to. But those were put there because he was concerned about us. He didn't have to die. Not to come down here on earth and robe himself in flesh and go through all that turmoil and everything else. But he did it. He told us, I came to save that which was lost. All right. So he's everything that we need. Everything that we need, we can find it in Jesus. To me, there are some causes, there's a lot of causes for addiction. And, you know, if you get into the medical and the psychological and the phys- uh, the uh, uh, can't remember the other one. But if you get into it, you know, you just go out there and you research, you'll find all kinds of information out there about addictions. They try to narrow down the cause of an addiction. Scientifically, medically, they try to narrow down the cause of addiction. And it will tell you there's a lot of debate, but they still haven't really narrowed it down. Again, to me, one of the main reasons is because it starts with the individual. You can't just give a one-statement answer for every scenario. But you can always draw it down to one common factor for most cases, and that is what you choose to do. Why do you choose? Why do people choose to do drugs? Why do people choose to drink alcohol? What is the motivating factor? And this is one of the things I look at, the influences behind it. When you start drinking alcohol, a lot of people start drinking alcohol for different reasons. You got social drinkers, you got all kinds of different drinkers that they, but you, you take a drink for whatever reason it is, you're influenced by something. 
And once you take that drink, you risk the chance of becoming addicted. Why? It's not so much the drink itself, but it's what the drink does to you. What was the influence and what were you searching for when you first took that drink, when you first partook of the drugs? You were searching for something. In in a lot of cases, people that feel inadequate, they feel like, you know, I'm just, I'm not good enough or, you know, whatever the case may be. And you just, again, socially, I got friends that do it, and so it's okay. You'll find nine times out of ten for those people who do it because of social reasons or peer pressure or whatever, they really didn't want to do it. I really didn't want to do it. In fact, I really don't enjoy doing this, but but after a while, it becomes something I'm, I become dependent upon. This has become part of my identity. Because I've been doing it for so long. Remember, habit forming. A habit starts with one act. But after a succession of the same actions, it becomes something that you're dependent upon. Everybody with me? I told you it's going to be one of those lessons. So, you know, I'm doing the best that I can. I'm not enough. I don't have any friends. I don't have any talents. I don't have anything that makes me special. So this is one reason some people are just looking for an escape from the pressures of life. You want to know why a lot of our teenagers do what they do? They're under pressure. You know, they don't even realize it half the time. They know what they deal with every day, but they don't realize what's really building up. So a lot of them make the decisions that they make. You know, it's crazy to me. When I first started, you know, smoking years ago, you think that it's helping you. It helps calm my nerves. Right? Takes the edge off, right? All these terms we've used before. This is why I do what I do. Scientifically, they tell you, is killing your brain cells. So in other words, what it's really doing is, is changing, it's altering how I process what I'm dealing with. but it's making permanent alterations. So while I think it's a temporary fix, I'm suffering as I go. It just hasn't manifested to its fullest potential. But the longer I keep going, I'm going to start dealing with that. So after a while, I can't remember stuff like I used to. I told y'all the mind, the brain is a powerful thing. Do you know, you know, this is, y'all know how I like to take a little pit stop. 
But even with Alzheimer's, did you know that Alzheimer's, the memories are still there? There's just a disconnection in the transmission of that information. So it's still stored there. Can I tell you something else along the same lines of that? If you do something, most of us, you know, we, we can identify what things that we see visually, right? Especially nowadays. You watch a video or whatever, it has more of an impact than if you just read a book for some of us. Some of us, we okay, we can read books without pictures and, you know, we can use our imagination. But for a lot of us, we're moved by what we see, the visual production. But did you know that you can't erase those things from your brain? Why am I telling you that? We're talking about addictions, right? Get on the Internet. The Internet is a very valuable tool. Good source of information. Makes things more efficient when you talk about communication, right? But guess what? You see the wrong thing. The wrong image pops up. It's already there in your memory bank. It only takes one time. I'm not saying you're going to be addicted by it, but what I'm saying is, if you embrace that and then you continue that habit, you imagine all the things that you have burned in your memory and in your brain, and then you wonder why it's difficult sometimes to think clearly. Y'all all right? This is real live stuff. Pornography. They knew what they were doing when they first started publishing this stuff. Started out with magazines, right? Then the guys got a hold of the internet, www, World Wide Web. Man, we can we can publish, produce this stuff worldwide in less time with less money. We can capture a bigger audience. And all we need to do is just do a pop-up here and there. Young people, young guys, you know, they're growing up, they're teenagers, so on and so forth. And Just pop up a picture here and there while they're searching for something, innocently searching. And there it is. Now, did you, now initially, that young man or that young lady, because it ain't just the young boys, we got a lot of our young girls involved in this, too. But even at that moment, it takes a decision, a conscious decision to say, am I going to continue to go back to that? You're making a decision. I know what the doctors say. I know what the medical professionals say. But at the end of the day, you're still making a decision to do it. But why do you choose to do what you do? What are you trying to escape? What are you trying to get away from? Some people have been abused in their life. And so this is 
become part of the norm. This is my way of coping with what I've dealt with in my life. A search for fulfillment. If I do this, it's going to make me feel better about my life, about my situation, about me. Anybody ever heard that before? If you've ever used drugs before, you know it gives you a high, right? Initially. You ever drank alcohol before? You know it gives you that little a buzz or you get high, right? Here's the problem. You use it once. You get that initial feeling. Wow, it's great. Then you come down off of it. Now you're not satisfied. You want to go back to that same point. But when you go back to take that drink and you go back to use them drugs, you find out it takes a little bit more to get to the point that you was at. So one drink might have been enough before, but now I got to take two. The next time I go back, Two drinks is not enough. It's going to be four or six. And over time, guess what's happening? You know, your body's trying to fight that stuff off, but after a while, it just builds a tolerance for it. You become used to the effects of the substance that you use. Pornography is the same way. One time... Oh, man, you know, they they talk about the chemicals that's released in your body from viewing pornography. Y'all all right? Everybody with me? So this is the stuff we don't want to talk about. But this is the stuff that people need help with. Because if I can get you to understand that the things that you're using is really not helping you, is hurting you, and what you really need You need Christ in your life, and when God delivers you and he makes you free from all those things, you won't find a desire to go back to those same things that you were doing. You won't have to depend on smoking. You won't have to depend on drinking alcohol to get that high. The joy of the Lord replaces all of that, and I'm telling you right now, there's not one drug and there's no no substance that you can use that that can give you, that can match the joy of the Lord. But we got to reach people where they're at. This stuff is really not helping you. You know, first sign, they say the first sign to a recovery for an alcoholic, drug addict, is first admitting that they have a problem. I've been doing this thing for so long, I don't think I have a problem. I'm, you ever seen functioning alcoholics, they call them? I watched a video one time, and it was it was on YouTube, and it was a guy that was out there, and he's drunk. He gets pulled over, and so you know the sobriety test that they tell you to do, right? They get out and tell you to walk a straight line, so on and so forth, 
and he's out there and he's walking a straight line. They tell him to, you know, stand on one leg, put his hand, his finger on his nose and all that. And he's doing all those things like perfectly. And the only thing that got him arrested was that the lady asked him, says, can you, <laughs> says, yeah, can you dance? Oh, no, he told him to walk a straight line, and he started walking a line, then he started dancing. He said, you know, it would be better if you just do like this, and you hop on one leg. And, you, and she said, oh, you're a dancer? And he said, no, I'm just drunk. <laughs> That's the only thing. He was doing it all. As soon as he said, oh, you got me. That was his I had a roommate when I was in the military that was one of those types of functioning alcoholic. He had come to work drunk, and you wouldn't know no different. He's doing his work. He's, you know. The same guy used to cry and, you know, because I was his roommate, there was a lot of things that I heard that, you know, that he told me and things about his life. But you would never know it on the surface for a lot of people. But there's something on the inside that they're searching for. Everybody has a reason why they're doing what they're doing. It starts with that initial decision. What influenced them? What motivated them to make that decision what motivates you to do the things that you do sometimes you do things for so long you forget why why you even started it then you've got external situations like i mentioned earlier peer pressure and stress you'd be surprised how much just you know stress from work will drive a person to do something they really didn't intend to do you got work and then you got home any married people in here People that's been in relationships, they can seem a little stressful sometimes, right? I ain't trying to start no wars. I'm just saying it's reality. We got young people in here. I know sometimes your parents get on your nerves, right? My kids will tell the same thing, yes. But they try to, Dad, you're okay. No, I know I get on your nerves. It's all right. I'm trying to do what's best for you. But here's the issue. If we don't, you remember what we were talking about, about going back and repairing stuff? You know, you know there's something wrong and you go back and you repair it. Now, as children of God, we know if we're going to have a relationship with God, we got to make sure we're right with one another. Okay. If you didn't know, don't expect to connect with God if you ain't got your relationship straight. So brother and sister, husband, wife, pastor to saint, saint to saint, we got to make sure we're, we're right. But if you, if there's a disconnect in those type of relationships, children to their parents, husband to their wife, whatever the case may be, it causes some pressure. Okay, so we got something that we got to deal with. We got a problem, right? The question is, how are we going to deal with it? 
Did you not know that the enemy will do whatever he can to use a bad situation to destroy your life? Everybody knows that, right? It starts with one thing. I listen to my kids sometimes, and they talk about people in school and, you know, how they had friends, and, you know, now they don't want to be their friend anymore, so on and so forth. But that is heavy for them. Now, I can take that and say, you know what, it's okay. Don't, don't worry about it, man. You know, it's all right. It's no big deal. And brush it off. Well, for them, it's a big deal. And if it goes unaddressed, if they're not getting anything else, if I'm not trying to get them to understand that, hey, you know what, that's not all life is about. You know, there's fulfillment in something greater than just having a friend on this earth. Like I tell my children, I've got, I can count on one hand how many friends I have, and it's not because I'm being rude. But just because we two have something in common doesn't mean that we're friends. Can I just get real? Like, you know, I, I, I know we're spiritual, right? But the reality is we may not be walking down the same path. You like Perkins? I like Perkins, too. Your favorite color is blue? Man, that's my favorite color, too. But at the end of the day, your agenda and my agenda may be two different things. A friend is going to be somebody that's there and going to encourage me to do what's right, even when I don't like it. You ever had those friends that just, you know, oh, man, it's okay. Yeah, you're you doing good. You're doing good. I could be, man, I'm about to walk in front of a train. You all right? Keep going. Keep going. That's not helping me. I need somebody to tell me, hey, you need to stop right now. There's a train coming. That's the type of friend I need. And you got to know how to balance it out, right? Well, for our children, they need to know, hey, you know what? I'm there for you as your parent. Right? I may not be your friend, but I need you to know that you are loved, you are accepted. You don't have to worry about being accepted by your peers at school. Because if you're, if you're hung out on that, guess what's going to happen? You're going to go to great lengths to impress them, and you're going to find yourself doing things that you should not do. My daughter in school, she was in third grade, and, you know, good little girl. She's a normal girl, but she was so bent on trying to get somebody to like her. They told her to go steal something out of the little jar from the, from the teacher's jar, and she did it. And she got caught. But like I told her, was it really worth it? Was it worth it? Look what happened. You're going to pay there's consequences for doing the wrong things, right? But why do you do the wrong things? Why do you engage in the wrong things? What's your motivation? Again, I can't tell you. This is it's such a broad subject. I can't really say all the details or tell you all the details and cover it all in the time that I have. Oh, five minutes left. But I'm just trying to get you to think that everything, whatever it is that you're addicted to or that you know somebody's addicted to, you got to understand there's an influencing factor. Now, you don't have to know that influencing factor, but just know that there's something influencing them. Hey, did you know that um, the alcohol they sell? When I first heard this, like, years ago, I was like, okay, so obviously the world knows. 
But when they sell alcohol, the stores that they, you know they sell them at, they call them what? See, so so this is common knowledge, right? Isn't it amazing to me that people still don't think about why they do what they do? Why am I so hung out or uh, hung on this? Why am I so addicted to this? When you first take that drink, that's a response. That's a that's your efforts to try to fulfill whatever it is that you're trying to fulfill in life, right? But what you're doing is you're giving yourself over. Remember what I talked about that decision and the responsibility? You're giving yourself over to whatever it is. But it's not the drug, it's not the alcohol itself that's messing you up. It's the spirit behind it. There's a lot of stuff in this life that's beneficial. You can find some beneficial stuff that's in some of these drugs that you can use in food and cooking and all that other stuff. But the wrong combination will mess you up. That's exactly what the enemy wants to do is to destroy your life. It takes one time and the enemy says, I got you hooked. And now I'm going to go ahead and reel you in. How am I going to do that? Well, you take that first attempt and you realize, oh, man, this gave me the feeling that it gave me. And then when you go back to work or you go back to the same situation, guess what? It's the same or it got worse. Guess what I'm going to revert back to? So what's influencing me is the situations that I'm dealing with. And it's causing me to respond the wrong way. This is where the disconnect happens. This is why we need the spirit of God. Because it gives us power to overcome ourselves. It gives us power to overcome the enemy. Having the spirit gives you discernment so you know what you're dealing with, what you're up against. When things start going wrong, you can identify exactly where it's coming from. And then you have the power to deal with it and overcome it. So if it's a husband-wife relationship, things are not going right. Guess what? At least for me, I can tell you as, as a husband, I look at my wife and when we have disagreements, I don't look at it the same way I looked at it before. If I'm not looking through the eyes of the Spirit of God, I'm going to handle the situation the wrong way. Every time. Things that happen at work, people that, you know, always talk about it. Sometimes you deal with people and they get on your nerves. You're just like, oh, my goodness, would you please? But like I told the lady that I work with, God had to remind me. It's something beyond what you see with your physical eyes. All the enemy's trying to do is get at you. He's trying to push your buttons. But if I'm caught up on the people, I got the wrong thinking pattern in mind. Chances are I'm going to respond the wrong way. We haven't gotten on conquering anger yet, but, you know, I'm going to respond the wrong way. And if I'm not careful... I'm going to indulge in things that I shouldn't indulge in just to find that fulfillment in life to make myself feel better about whatever it is that I'm going through. Y'all okay? All right, let's talk about real quick ways to overcome 
addiction. Okay? Let's focus on that. Change your thinking patterns. I told somebody before, I said, you know what, man? One of the things that helped me in my relationship with my wife was to eliminate some things as an option. Divorce was not an option. This is what helped me. We had some rough times. I don't mind being transparent, but I'm making a point. We had some rough times. One of the things I had to do was eliminate divorce as an option. So when things happen, that's not what I resorted to anymore. So what am I left with? What's the solution? Now I'm focused on, man, this is what I'm going to deal with for the rest, at least the way I think about it. It sounds kind of funny, but, man, this is what I'm going to deal This is how it's going to be for the rest of my life? No, bro, we got to do something about this. We got to fix this. Ain't no way I'm going to be 75 and we still dealing with the same issues or worse. So what can I do to make this situation better? And a lot of times that's what I end up asking my wife. We talk, you know, and I say, hey, so where do we go from here? What can we do to make this thing better, to make this thing work? I'm not going nowhere. I had to think that way. And after thinking that way, it just became a part of how I responded, how I behaved. I'm not going anywhere. So let's get this thing right. But change your thinking patterns. Sometimes you just got to rehearse the same things, you know. You just, I don't care what it is. You can't help a person if you're not willing to, if they're not willing to help themselves. Starting out by the way you think. You got to decide in your mind you won't help. Right? You got to decide in your mind you want to change. An alcoholic, a drug addict, they still got to decide in their mind that they want to change. Or you're not going to help them. I don't care what your efforts are. But it starts with changing the thinking patterns. You know what I always encourage people to do? Get busy doing the right things. Get busy doing good things. Beneficial things. Because all you were looking for to begin with most of the time is just that fulfillment. So if you start doing positive things, you start going out and you're doing community work and you're doing all those other things, you find a lot of these drug addicts and all these people that start getting involved in the community and doing stuff like that, they go to church, whatever the case may be, there's something that changes within them. They're getting that sense of fulfillment. As long as they stick with it, it helps them to recover. Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says, Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. You're not going to get close to God if you don't transform your thinking. You're not going to prosper in this life if you don't transform your thinking. You're not going to overcome the challenges in your life if you don't transform your mind. So how do we do that? Psalm 1 and 2 says, in his law doth he what? How often? You have to, that has to be your escape. That's what you escape to. So when things get rough, especially if you've already been suffering from addictions and you're trying to figure out how to get or how to overcome it, 
you got to have that reserve part. You got to have that refuge to run to to say, hey, you know what? This is where I'm resting in right now. This is what I'm thinking on. Yes, God is going to help me through. He's going to give me strength. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. These are the things that you have to think on day and night. Just like people can have a nicotine break, you got to have a praise break sometimes. I need two minutes so I can get myself back on track. Avoid idle time. I'm just moving on here because my time is up. I'm sorry, y'all. Avoid idle time. The worst thing you can do, what do they say, an idle mind is a devil's playground. Well, an idle mind results in an idle heart. And an idle heart means there's a vacancy. And if God is not filling that vacancy, the enemy's going to do everything he can to bogart his way and mess up your life. The next thing we need is the atmospheric transformation. Change the environment. What, what is your surroundings like? Sometimes you just got to change the people you hang out with. You know, people come to church and they get a great move of God in their lives. You know, one of the reasons why they fall back into the same situations they fall back into. I can't cut the connection with the people that's not really pushing me in the right direction. I'm not telling you to go back and just start, you know, just this hatred. No, that's not what it's about. But if you can't respect and understand that I'm trying to make a change, then you're not helping me. People in the world understand that, right? So how much more should we as as people of God? If there's a struggle in my life and it's, it's attached to the environment that I'm in, I need to change my environment. If I'm constantly thinking about lustful thoughts and things that just keep pulling me in the wrong direction, I need to figure out, okay, am I watching things that I shouldn't be watching? You can't hardly find a movie today that don't have no kind of sexual scene in it. They got to put warnings on all these videos now talking about mild nudity, you know, all this stuff they putting out there now to warn you. Because most of what they're producing now is just so provocative. In the cartoons. That's pretty bad. I want to put on a video for my three-year-old, my five-year-old, and I got to sit there and scrutinize. Well, we... Sexual innuendos that are being made. If you listen closely, there's there's some innuendos for profanity, too. They don't say the word, but they imply it. Change your environment. And come up with a praise strategy. Because if you're too busy thanking God for what he's doing and focusing on what he's doing in your life, you have less time to figure out or, or think on what you don't have and what you are not. Come up, make a list. Think of how many times you could have been dead, but God kept you. Think about how many times you really didn't have enough to make ends meet, but God still provided. 
think about how many times you were sitting there and you you was really hurting, but then God sent something or sent somebody to come and comfort you. You feel like you ain't got nobody, but think about how many times somebody, a stranger, just came up and just let you know or just gave you some kind of reassurance. They didn't even know what impact they had on your life. Just telling you good morning made you feel special. Y'all with me? When you make a list and you start thinking about all the good things that's happening in your life, you say, you know what? It really ain't that bad. I told somebody, and I, I'm, I'm not making light of this, but I told, <laughs> I was talking to my sister, and she was like, yeah, we was talking about something, and I said, yeah, you know, man, if the doctor ever told me I had cancer, told me I had three months to live, I said, they'd probably be looking for a response like, oh, man, life is terrible. I said, I would just like to be that one to say, well, man, three months? Man, that's great, because you could have told me one. <laughs> cancer, that's all I got? I'm just glad I ain't got AIDS and nothing else. Thank the Lord. That's how I would like to be. I know it sounds funny, but to me, that's how I would like to be. I would. To have the doctor baffled, man, you all right? I'm good. I got three months to make sure I'm storing up and make sure I'm praising. I got services I need to go to. Praise God. That means I can still make the conference. (laughs) that's how i would like to be that's when you really think about it the song says when i think on the goodness of jesus all he's done for me my soul cries out hallelujah thank god for saving me i know that it's all him see my time is prescribed i know that so i'm not worried about when i have to leave here Sometimes I think about how I would have to leave here. But I just keep praying, Lord, prepare me either way. I just want to be ready. Because when it's time to leave here, I don't want to be holding on to none of this. But see, when you change your thinking, when you change how you spend your time, you change your environment, you get around those things that's going to help you and progress, help you to progress in this life and the, the greatest thing in this life that will help you progress and really the only thing that will make you successful in this life is knowing Jesus not a little touch but a full embrace of who Jesus is in your life listen I tried to get through this lesson I know I went over my time I apologize but this is you know hopefully you take something away from this Go into the word. There's so much in there. You can find so much about it. But if you're dealing with something or somebody else you know is dealing with something that they're addicted to, I don't care if it's coffee. I mean, excuse me. uh, I don't care if it's, you know, whatever it is. (laughs) Let God use you. Let him pray. God bless y'all. Let's get ready for this service in Jesus' name.